Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom He died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the Scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the Word of God regardless of who gets offended or not. In Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Have we made an idol out of church and going to church? The Lord says, ye shall have no other gods before me, and that his name is Jealous, and he will not share his glory with any man. We should not be impressed or vainly satisfied that we attended a Sunday morning church service, even if it was a good one. So many times today we hear people speak of how they love their church, they love their pastor, but many times the same people will not declare, they will never be heard declaring that they love Jesus and they want more of Jesus. For certain, the Bible says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24, the Bible never says to forsake not to go to church. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And as the early church demonstrates, they met house to house daily. They were consumed with Christ. But since then, the bureaucracy, the organization of local building-based churches has crowded Christ right out of their midst. He stands at the door and knocks, he said, and he invites those who will to open the door and let him in. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, that's written to the lukewarm Laodicean churches or church that had backslidden and was in need of repentance lest they be spewed out of the mouth of Christ in the end. Hebrews 10:25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. In other words, the day of Christ's imminent return. So we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And through the years, pastors have pigeonholed this verse to mean that we're not to forsake going to their church. But we've got to realize that it's in most cases to their self-serving advantage that you patronize their church business. This does not apply to all local churches that are in buildings, but in this apostate last hour, it definitely applies to most. And anyone with a little bit of discernment can see that. We're not to forsake assembling together. Jesus said, where two or more gathered together, there I am in their midst. We can gather anywhere, anytime with two or more. God's not any more impressed with 2,000 as he is with two. In fact, when you get the big crowds, it could only be because there are half-truths and lies and misleadings transpiring. Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily, not Sundays, not once a week, but daily. This is the life of the true body of Christ, the remnant wise virgin believers who are remaining 
full of the oil of God's presence through daily seeking the face of Christ in his word and prayer and praise and living a life of prayer and good fellowship with other believers. There are three essentials to being a wise virgin believer after being saved, of course, and not being shut out of the eternal kingdom in the end, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. And that would be daily Bible study, rich, diligent Bible study, and a life of prayer, number two, and fellowship with the saints, Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Notice that we see in this verse that those who do not exhort one another in fellowship daily with the body of Christ will be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's very obvious and self-relating, if you will, self-interpretive, self-declaring in this divinely inspired scripture, Hebrews 3.13, again, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sins. Again, we should not be impressed because we went to a church service on Sunday morning this week, even if it was a good one. Compare that to the earliest followers of Jesus. They were full of the Holy Ghost. They could get enough of Christ. They met daily from house to house. Like go to Acts 2, the end of Acts 2, when the church was born, the New Testament church, right after Pentecost. In Acts 2, at the end of that chapter, we read this concerning the earliest followers of Jesus. And take note that there were no deceivers. There wasn't time yet for deceivers and their heresies to enter in among the people of God. This is the pristine state of the earliest followers of Jesus and their fellowship with Christ and one another. Acts 2.42 through 47 reads this way, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's the word of God, the word Jesus preached to his apostles and they preached to the world. So they continued in four things. Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. There was no bureaucracy. It was pure worship in these four elements. The apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. I don't want to go into this too deeply right now, but I want you to take note of this, how the believers openly shared with one another the things that they had, and they sold anything they didn't need, their possessions and goods, in order to give to those in need among the body of Christ. Now that's distribution, the New Testament way. We have a post or two on that on safeguardyoursoul.com concerning New Testament distribution. Go to the search box on safeguardyoursoul.com and put in the word distribution and it will come up the post or posts and it is a education in true biblical New Testament distribution of goods. You know as well as I do that these local churches, when you give to them, you're paying the light bill. There wasn't a penny collected in the New Testament church in the scriptures to build a church building because we are the building of God. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 3, I believe it's verse 9, we are the church. This is the church Jesus said he would build 
and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. That's the people of God. Church, ecclesia is the Greek word, and it means the called out people of God. That's the church Jesus is building. It's his kingdom truth in the heart and revelation in the hearts of his people. Jesus did not condone or enact or sanction that men go build buildings and create these churches we have today. It's obvious that is exactly what has produced the lukewarm professing church that has no resemblance to Christ's New Testament church we see in the scriptures, namely in the book of Acts and the New Testament. These believers sold what they didn't need and parted, shared that the proceeds directly to those in need in the body of Christ. Verse 46, Acts 2, And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. So they did meet in a building for the first few years, I think, but then they got run out of these Jewish temples, as you read further in the book of Acts. So it's not a sin to meet in a building, but in America, in the Western world, the anyone with discernment can see that these buildings have become manned, the pulpits, that is, with seminarian graduates who have Vatican corrupted from their seminary degree and education. They are not truly men of God whose consciences are captive to the Word of God, and they are not full of the Holy Ghost, as we see here in Acts that the church was after Pentecost. These men have been taught that there is no second blessing, which is a ridiculous, foolish, unbiblical lie from hell. And the reason why Satan wanted to steal the baptism with the Holy Ghost away from the church is because the early believers wreaked havoc by the power of the Spirit, Acts 1.8 and 17.6. They wreaked havoc on the devil, on the world of darkness. They turned the world upside down. Verse 46, again, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. There were people getting saved daily. In fact, in this part of the scriptures after Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, Peter, now full of the Holy Ghost, who had just days before denied Christ, leads 8,000 people to Jesus. That's what happens when the body of Christ is full of the Holy Ghost. I would ask you to pour over this passage in the end of Acts 2, verse 42 through 47, and ask yourself if this is what your life and the fellowship you are enjoying with the saints really looks like. We must break free, saints, from all that is making us religious instead of righteously worshipful and spontaneously in love with Jesus and obedient to Him. We must break free from it. It's taken some of us a long time because we are so in the mode of going to church on Sunday. But what has that ever gotten us other than contributing to lukewarmness, which is all it takes to be spewed, rejected from the body of Christ in the end as a foolish virgin believer. Those who go to church instead of simply daily being the true church of the people of God are fulfilling prophecy, are they not? Remember the words, the prophetic words of 2 Timothy 4, verse 2 through 4. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine for the time will come. That's the hour in which we live. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto 
fables that we not see this transpiring around us where men who claim to be saved claim to know and love Jesus will not endure sound doctrine because they're full of self they have not truly repented or if they did they have since backslidden they will not hold themselves accountable to sound doctrine when it interrupts the comfort and the religious lies of their personal lives and the pastors we have today in pulpits in America are simply facilitating and perpetuating this phenomenon like the multitudes who gladly received the physical bread from Jesus while departing from him when he preached his gospel these modern churchgoers don't really want Jesus that's John chapter 6 where Jesus fed them physical bread but when he preached his word to them they all left except for the 12 no these people what do they want they want to hear that everything's okay just like they are with no need of repentance and these seminary and Vatican trained seminarians I should say don't preach repentance which is the first word of the original gospel out of the mouth of John the Baptist Jesus Peter on the day of Pentecost Paul etc and that's the unchanging original gospel but you don't hear that word a divine command preached anymore in these local churches which alone tells you they're absolutely apostate because the new versions have removed this all-important essential word in fact I think it's 44 times the new King James removed the word the command to repent Jesus said except ye repent you shall all likewise perish it's absolutely necessary that's the first word of the original gospel which has not changed no these people though they want to hear that they're okay just like they are no repentance needed this scenario if we observe many of us have and are observing it's perpetuated by a reciprocating relationship that simply means a back scratching relationship you know you scratch my back I'll scratch yours between the wolves who entertain goats the wolves of these modern building-based churches and the unrepentant goats who refuse to truly repent deny self take up the cross and follow Jesus churchgoers hell is full of good churchgoers that's for sure who cried out Lord Lord but he said depart from me you worker of iniquity I never knew you in verse 21 there he said not everyone that saith unto me Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven the sole purpose of assembling as Christ's body whether it be two or more is exalting knowing better and worshiping our Lord Jesus Christ as opposed to perpetuating the cause of a local church church a local church organization or a pastor which most people that go to these local church houses don't realize that that's exactly what's being done they're perpetuating their own existence not facilitating the true worship of Christ again God's Word never says to go to church but it does say not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together Hebrews 10:25. learning to fellowship outside the physical buildings that are being used by the apostate monarch church in most cases is essential to being a wise virgin believer whose lamp is full do you understand that illustration Jesus gave us I want to encourage you to read Matthew 25 1 through 13 which will change your life and give you expanded essential kingdom perspective at first this can seem like a challenge when we come out of the modern church because we've nearly all been brought up that way to go to church on Sunday in fact recently a lady a couple friends of mine that a couple spoke of one of their relatives and said oh yeah they go to church every week as if that really matters hell is full of good church
churchgoers. If the first thing that comes to mind when we think of God or Christianity is going to church or the local church building, we do not have a kingdom perspective. The scripture tells us in Jeremiah 17, 12, exactly where the true New Testament kingdom saints perspective is centered around. Jeremiah 17, 12, a glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. It's the glorious high throne of the Father and the Son, where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. We read about that same glorious high throne in Hebrews chapter 14 through 16, which says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, that is Christ, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, after he rose from the dead, he went to be seated at the right hand of the Father. Let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points, that is, while he was on earth, tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore, here it is, here's the invitation, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That throne of grace is the headquarters, the perspective, the mindset, the heart set also of every true New Testament believer. Not a physical church building with basically a circus conducting clown and a choir and free labor, etc., but the throne of God. Again, sometimes this can be difficult because we've so, been so steeped in school in going to church instead of worshiping the God, the Lord, who bled on the cross, was buried and rose again from the dead for us, and is seated at the right hand of the Father daily. It's a change of perspective, a washing of water by the Word of God. The Word of God is needed to give us this kingdom perspective. Truth is not based on what's coming out of the pulpit you sit under, friend. It's based on Genesis 1-1 through Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. We must beware that at our local church, and the activities and the fun and the people we meet and the pastor and the organization have not become our idol. This is part of the problem, and this mindset, this religious churchianity perspective must be replaced with a kingdom perspective. The Lord is bringing his people to himself, breaking us out of the seminarian staged events of Sunday mornings, which only made us good church members instead of humble, vibrant followers of Jesus Christ, like the earliest saints we read about in the end of Acts 2 after Pentecost when the church was born. These are some things I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider. God bless you, saints. Thanks for listening. Feel free to avail yourself to the resources at safeguardyoursoul.com. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country. 
country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.